3: A radiophonic novella, Locatora Radio, hosted by Mala Muñoz and Dios FM. Hola, hola, locamores. Welcome to season four of Locatora Radio por Casteras Peligrosas, Wanted for Crimes Against the Patriarchy.
2: We interrupt our regularly scheduled programming to bring you Quarantine Confidential, a special pandemic broadcast about our, our experiences with quarantine and COVID-19. I'm Vyosa. And I'm Mala.
3: Our intention behind this series is to archive our experiences during the global coronavirus pandemic. Thank you so much for joining us on this six-month, seven-month journey.
2: It's like seven months going on two years at this point. Uh, Last time time on Quarantine Confidential, um, what did we discuss on our last episode? It feels like it's been a long time since we recorded.
3: We had Mayra Macias of Latino Victory on to discuss different candidates and the First Latinas initiative.
2: Time moves differently in quarantine.
3: (laughs) (laughs) It really does. You can tune into that episode on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, SoundCloud, and Boom if you haven't already. Also, you know, I have been thinking about maybe does Locatora need to be on Stitcher? If you're an Android user and you want us to be on Stitcher, let us know. Comment on the post of this episode. Send us a DM. Let us know should we be on Stitcher.
2: We are always looking to expand our reach, and if it'll get more people to listen to our very free podcast, then we're all for it. So <laughs> give us that feedback. And while you're at it, visit our website locatoraradio.com, and sign up for our newsletter Besitos. Get all the behind the scenes content, photos, quotes, thoughts, quandaries you know, the things that we do when we're not recording this free podcast for all of our listeners. You can also become a patron at patreon.com. Radio has a page become a patron of our very free podcast for ad free listening. Um, As you know, we have some ads now running on the show. We're very excited about it. If you're not about the ads, you can always become a patron.
3: Absolutely. Become a patron. And and as a reminder, we are on IG Live, on Instagram Live, every Thursday at 7 p.m. Pacific Standard Time. And we host our favorite segment, Oye Locas, where we answer listener questions. We answer anything and everything. Sometimes we have themes. Sometimes we just take general questions. And it's a fun, cute time, a way for us to connect with y'all while we're all in quarantine.
2: And if you don't already, follow us on Instagram and Twitter at locatora underscore radio. We post lots of pictures and sometimes we like berate men on there. So come join us if you're into that. And if you are and you're looking for a FINDOM drain, you aspire to be our human wallet, escort yourself immediately post-haste to our Venmo at locatora-radio and drop those coins.
3: Yes, absolutely. And also, as a quick reminder, we also have a discount code, a 15% off code for our listeners for Vive Cosmetics, one of our favorite Latina-owned makeup brands, and you can use our affiliate code LOCATORARADIO15, head over to vivecosmetics.com and use the code to get their beso-proof, mask-proof dick sucking proof lipsticks
2: it's really I mean multifunctional you know all-terrain lipsticks so we we definitely vouch because we have tested these lippies in many environments and circumstances under duress like lots of different activities you know what I mean so we um we highly recommend we at Locatora Radio are also huge advocates of therapy. This podcast is sponsored by BetterHelp. And if you are struggling and seeking options for therapy, you can visit trybetterhelp.com slash locatora and receive 10% off your first month. That's trybetterhelp.com slash locatora and receive 10% off your first month.
3: Amazing. We are here giving y'all all the codes. Benevolent queens. Yeah. Love it. Love it so so, so many discount before codes. we so many discount codes <laughs> so before we before we um, before we share our, our upcoming interview with y'all we wanted to talk about some very interesting weird intense also sad things happening in the news cycle this past week there's just so much Surely. to talk about but first we want to talk about the RNC. The
2: RNC, I mean, I think as, you know, Ada Rodriguez said on Twitter, the circus has come to town. Truly, what a disaster. What a display of, like, I don't even know what to call it. It was bizarre. It was uncomfortable. It was dramatic.
3: (laughs) It was dramatic. It was a shit show is what it was. I'm just like... Puras mentiras. Like, this is what we're airing on television. It was so wild. I did not get myself, I was not able to stomach it live. I did catch the recaps and all of that via Twitter, via, um, you know, different podcasts that I listen to, different news segments that I watch. Um, And, you know, the entire time I was thinking, like, I really do wish that the U.S. was this socialist country that the Uh Republicans paint this country as right it's so weird you know they kept talk. they kept referring to this socialist takeover and I'm like bitch where you think Joe Biden is a socialist Wild, right. wild I wish you know but that's not the reality Um, uh, and it's just so it's just too much
2: they're like definitely um f- doing lots of fear-mongering lots of like you know Uh, the Democrats are going to push us into socialist apocalypse. And somebody referred to the the socialist takeover as a socialist utopia. And I'm just like, yeah, to echo what you're saying, a utopia is a good place. That sounds kind of gray. You know, Um, it's just very strange also to see like blatant misinformation being shared with the American people um and the willingness to accept and believe a lot of misinformation to help fuel, like, the bigotry. It's a lot.
3: It's a lot. And, you know, one, I think this may have been the first night, Um, we saw Kimberly Guilfoyle, the ex-wife of Governor Newsom and current yeah. girlfriend of <laughs> Donald Trump Jr., um, and so there's a lot to unpack there. There's a lot to unpack. Do you want to talk about your zaddy Newsom? Um, okay.
2: So first of all, Kimberly Newsom. I mean, Kimberly Newsome, Kimberly Guilfoyle and Gavin Newsome used to be married. She is his first wife. And there is a lot of sort of like political man behind this that I think is hilarious and fascinating. So apparently Kimberly Guilfoyle was married to Gavin Newsom. Her dad at one point was his political advisor, even after they got a divorce. And it's bizarre to see her, first of all, in seeing older pictures of her when they were married and they were younger, she looks way whiter. And in the RNC, she's like kind of very bronze and she looks like a more bronze Sofia Vergara And in past photos of her, she looks much. She like doesn't look look quite so. Oh, I'm performing Latinidad. And you guys have probably seen this photo of her on like a luxurious carpet, like laying down next to Gavin Newsom. Like that's her. Like that photo of Gavin, like with the couple buttons undone on his, you know, his uh, white button down, and they're like laying down, like and it's like a glamour shot. That's. Kimberly Guilfoyle. So she got up at the RNC, and she was basically saying, you know, in like these really extreme platitudes that Biden Harris are like the end of American freedom, darkest days. But with D Trump, the best days are yet to come. She like referred basically to herself as like the child of immigrants, but her mom is Puerto Rican, and Puerto Ricans are American citizens. And so it was just all very, very weird. And apparently, so Gavin a.k.a. Zaddy Newsom was her first husband, um, her second husband, Eric Valencia, furniture heir and wealthy businessman, and now she's with Donald Trump Jr. And of course, Donald Trump Jr. is the son of Donald Trump president and um, need not say more. So there's just a lot going on there with Miss Kimberly, and she needs to cool her jets.
3: Uh, yeah, speaking of cooling her jets, why was she yelling the entire time? Like, I was so flabbergasted. I was so confused. She was yelling, like, this very impassioned speech as if she was saying something.
2: Yes. I mean, I think it was kind of, you know, just very fire and brimstone, but I'm going to be kind of a caricature with it. Um, It was very strange, but fodder for many memes, as these things tend to become. and.
3: For that, I guess. Thank
2: you, Kimberly. <laughs> That's what you've contributed is meme fodder.
3: Absolutely. It's also not lost on me that they put her in red. Mm, you know? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, I'm telling you, mm-hmm. they were like,
2: they were like, Kim, you got us really s- spice it up for tonight. We need it. We're counting on it. You need to spicy Latina. Yep. The whole the whole thing, wear the red dress, wear the middle part, wear the beach waves. Do it. Can
3: can we talk about the Latinas?
2: You brought that at up, RMT? yes. Yes, please. You observe. <laughs> you made an observation. I ob-
3: I observed that there is a certain type of perform performance that comes with Latinidad. And the way that even Latino or Latina is pronounced, and it's just very interesting to me. It's an observation I've had for many years, um, but just became um, very obvious, I guess, when I was watching the you know clips of the RNC. Was the way these uh, Latina Latinos at the RNC kept referring to themselves as Latinos or Latinas, and I was just very intrigued by that. What are your thoughts, Mala? I
2: I found it interesting, but then I also remembered like in high school, the Spanish teachers that I had were all Cuban ladies, like older Cuban women who were kids at the time of the revolution and who like left and came to the U S and then like, you know, got like, you know, master's degrees and things and are Spanish teachers and they would pronounce their T's like that, like the sharp T, like on the top of the T instead of the TH. And it always stood out to me. And so I don't know how many, also because we also know a lot of uh, Republican Latinos are Cubans and a lot of Cubans are Republicans, right? Or I should say that a lot of Cuban Americans are Republicans. So my question is, is it because they're like bochos and they like can't pronounce the T or is this like a thing linguistically um, with like Cuban Spanish is the question I ask myself.
3: That is a very astute observation i'm also very curious about the linguistic history of the, that pronunciation um to me to me i read it not as like pochos or pochas like because obviously like we don't need to have that conversation about latinos needing to speak spanish we're beyond that we don't believe that all of that um but for me i read it as more of a performance um, that they're it's like a new identity that they're trying to claim, not because they're like awakened to their latinidad, but more of like they're tokenizing themselves. And that's how I perceive it. Could I be wrong? Maybe, you know, but that has been my observation.
2: Yeah, interesting. I think that there's definitely a possibility of that because they were probably asked <laughs> to like talk about themselves as Latins, as Browns, except not really Browns, because they're not really, yeah.
3: Right, oh, the stress of it all, the stress Mm -hmm. of it all. Anyway, moving on, moving on to sad news. So news broke out on Friday that Chadwick Boseman uh, died of stage four colon cancer, and it it would say like rocked the world um, because I don't believe that he had disclosed that he had cancer and not that he he needed to. uh, But I think everyone was shocked to learn that he had cancer and, you know, unfortunately passed away on Friday.
2: It was very shocking news. Nobody was expecting it. I don't even think there were like whispers at all of the possibility of him being sick or not being well or people. This has come up now post. Mortem. That, you know, folks had kind of been making fun of him for a while for looking thin on the internet to the point that he started deleting photos of himself and taking down photos off of Instagram and stuff. And it does appear that, you know, he wanted his privacy and it looks like he was able to have that to some extent. And the news was so shocking because I don't think anybody had any idea what was going on. So we were actually on our way to Outfest. And my sister was in the passenger seat. And she saw it online. And she told me while we were driving, And I was like, what the fuck the last thing that I was expecting to hear that day, and just super sad, especially in the context of everything else going on. And it really is like it brings up this this question of why do these things keep happening to like such good folks, you know, like, and there's such so much evil that is just sort of allowed to prosper. And then you have somebody like this, who, you know, passed way too young. So it's been a tough week among many, many tough weeks.
3: This is so true, Mala. I was also in route to Outfest on Friday when my primo texted me because we are both huge Marvel fans. And so he texted me and, you know, I had a moment. I was like extremely emotional in the car, just extremely shook and, and shocked and sad. So this weekend um, I watched, of course, um, you know, some of his some of him, some of his films, including Black Panther and. Uh, Captain America Civil War that was like the introduction to him as the Black Panther in the Marvel Cinematic Universe and so it's just been really sad and you know may he rest in peace we definitely lost a great person absolutely rest in peace Chadwick Boseman T'Challa
2: Forever we As we mentioned, we were on our way to OutFest when that news broke out. And just a quick shout out to OutFest. You know, it's um, a beautiful event. They were able to create an experience for folks this year, even with the pandemic. And it was an outdoor drive-in movie festival, a film festival. And so shout out OutFest LA and Hyundai USA for hooking us up and putting us in the front row in Hyundai cars. And we were enjoying new car smell while enjoying like the Latinx shorts, uh, film festival. And we saw some really cool films.
3: Yes. It was so great. It was such a great experience. I actually hadn't been like anywhere really since the pandemic started since March. Um, so for me, I, I, it was really exciting to be out and to get dressed up and to even drive in traffic as annoying as it was. I was like, damn, I haven't driven this far in forever, but back to the shorts, to the short films. um, It was so beautiful. There were, there was a lot of youth centered content, which I loved. I kept remembering myself as like a young queer and just experiencing the same, the very similar things that were being portrayed on film. So it was a really great, Night of Latinx shorts, and then a feature film that was also really beautiful that had to do with TPS, with um, in relation to a Central American young Latina in the film. It was really great.
2: Yeah, it was cool too that a lot of the films were based in Los Angeles, um, you know, shots in Compton, shots in the LA River really interesting stuff and a reminder of how limited a lot of the the films that get major support like how limited like our media is because I've never seen stories like these you know like in big budget sort of projects like that and it was really cool to like have that experience and like see these stories of like trans latinas taking boxing lessons you know and like. queer Mexicanos like doing really beautiful choreographed like dance numbers like in between like their scripted scenes like really cool shit that I have never seen before and I'm like we really do need to start investing in these sort of indie stories as Mm -hmm. opposed to like you know the next you know like Shrek 7 or whatever (laughs) like it was great.
3: It was so great. Yeah, I definitely love feeling inspired and like it just like a warm feeling. Like this was so great. And I hope to see more of that kind of content shift to the mainstream and be invested in properly. Um, So moving on to some Hollywood, LA news, Um, there were reports about two weeks ago that three trans women of color were attacked. I believe on Hollywood Boulevard, Mm -hmm. in Hollywood at least, and there's video footage of them being brutally attacked by groups of men, uh, plenty of bystanders as well, no one intervening, of course. And there was a decision this week that by LAPD, the Hollywood division said that there was insufficient evidence and that the perpetrators would not be charged.
2: Right. And it's, you know, uh, what's important here to keep in mind is there's like a ton of video footage of the assault on Hollywood Boulevard that has been documented and archived on Instagram in particular. And actress, um, actor and actress, uh, India Moore, has posted resources and information, calls to action. And receipts of the assault, if you do want to know more, you can call the Hollywood PD station and also demand that the specific wants of the trans victims are met because the women that were assaulted have asked for specific things like they want, um, you know, LAPD to take all of the video footage into account as evidence and to pursue justice, uh, whatever that means. And I think what's really important is like, are these women being compensated through things like the Victims' Compensation Fund? Are any medical expenses being covered and taken care of for free? Um, those are the types of things that I really hope are being provided for them because there's evidence that an assault occurred. So they should qualify for those things, right? Um, so if you want more information, India Moore has been posting. And of course, not just in relation to this, because we've talked about, you know, law enforcement being really useless when it comes to issues of violence against women, they do not prevent violence, and they often are perpetrators of violence against women. And then when acts of violence against women are reported to them with with sufficient evidence, they then do nothing about it. So something that um, is related is calls to have Jackie Lacey, district attorney step down. As has been brought up through Black Lives Matter protests weekly, um, outside of Jackie Lacey's office, outside the DA's office, is Jackie Lacey has declined to charge LAPD officers um, over the course of the past several years. And there have been, what was the number? Something, Something really high, like almost, what, 300 police murders of Civilians in LA over the past however many years, and DA Lacey has declined to file charges in all of them.
3: Yeah, I actually think the number is closer to 700.
2: It's a lot.
3: So all of that
2: to say, are yeah, our criminal justice system is not protecting people, um, is not doing what it claims to do, and is in fact perpetrating and enabling violence. So um, there are weekly protests outside of Jackie Lacey's house. Um, Also something that has been going on in the news is um, the LA Times has put out a commemorative series of articles for the 50th anniversary of the Chicano Moratorium, which was a mass protest against the Vietnam War and racism in general, white supremacy back in the 70s, the early 70s, and also to commemorate the murder of Chicano journalist Ruben Salazar, who the LAPD assassinated in the course of the events of the protest of the Chicano Moratorium. So there's a lot of really interesting articles out. And there's also a call for submissions if you or somebody you know was present at the Chicano Moratorium to submit your memories and experiences. My dad uh, wrote something and submitted his memories from the Chicano Chicano Moratorium because he attended 50 years ago as, um, like a 19 year old with his friends. So that's all on the internet. And there's a ton of that information on Twitter. If you
3: want to know more. That's amazing. I'm going to ask my mom about that as well, because my mom was a Mitcha queen back in her days, apparently. Um, so I'm going to ask screaming. her, maybe if she would like to submit as well. And <laughs> so important, so important, like this is another example of true archival work and the importance of documenting the stories, our stories. So yeah, definitely check that out. Uh, ask your family members, you know, if they went to high school here at that time, or if they were adults at that time, even teenagers at that time, if they remember, and if they have any memory, if they have any memory of that. And I think that would definitely be cool to encourage your loved ones to submit.
2: 100%
3: so we got through a lot.
2: My goodness. We, before we bring (laughs) on our interview, (laughs) before we bring on, um, our interview guest, Elizabeth Gomez, poet, author, activist, uh, filmmaker, We are going to share a little bit with you about uh, Claudia Morales, LCSW. She's a therapist. Diosa, do you want to share with our listeners a little bit about Claudia and what she does?
3: Yes, Claudia Morales. You may know her as Social Justice Healing on Instagram. She is a therapist that can help you overcome intergenerational racial and survival traumas and rewire your neural pathways for more creativity, purpose, and joy. She uses brain spotting, EMDR, restorative justice and expressive arts based workshops for your organization's wellness and healing you can find life affirming posts on instagram at social
2: justice healing and guided meditations on youtube on the social justice healing youtube channel social justice healing accepts medicare for individual treatment sjh is all gender and sexual orientation affirming space
3: amazing amazing so to learn more about her head over to her instagram page for bookings if you're interested in working with her i know i'm definitely going to head over to her youtube i definitely need help with guided meditations so thank you claudia for providing the service your services for our community and in the
2: second half of this episode we will be interviewing elizabeth gomez so stay tuned for that Por peligrosas
3: y'all we're super excited to be talking about quip today quip toothbrush when's the last time you got rewarded for brushing your teeth with quips new smart electric toothbrush good habits can earn you great perks like free products gift cards and more
2: The Quip Smart Brush for both adults and kids connects to the Quip app with Bluetooth. And if you already have a Quip, you can upgrade it with a smart motor and keep the features that you know and love, like sensitive sonic vibrations, the two-minute timer, all the bells and whistles. Beyond the brush, Quip has everything you need to build a complete routine. It's eco-friendly, delicious flavors. You can get a brush head, toothpaste, and floss refills delivered from $5, and shipping is free. How smart is that?
3: What a deal. Start getting rewards for brushing your teeth today and go to getquip.com right now to get your first refill free. That's your first refill free at getquip.com slash locatora. That's G-E-T-Q-U-I-P dot com slash locatora. Quip, better oral health, made simple and rewarding.
1: All right. Today on Locatora, we are super excited to welcome Elizabeth Gomez onto the pod. Elizabeth Gomez is a Mexican poet and filmmaker from Watsonville, California. Who is now based in Los Angeles. Her work focuses on her experiences with love, womanhood, her family and culture, as well as being an undocumented woman. Elizabeth self-published her first book, a collection of poetry titled Chaos Cosmos, which tells the story of love, heartache, and healing. Her poetry has also been featured on online magazines such as Farnes Magazine and The Opal Club. As a filmmaker, she has been a featured artist in Rob Spadel and Bianca Oblivion's ongoing video and DJ exhibition, Techno Techno Cihuacan, and has recently become the newest member of Real Goats Production, working on music videos for artists such as Chance the Rapper and The Baby. Elizabeth considers herself a storyteller and lover overall, and hopes to continue to do both on paper and on the big screen. Loca amores, please welcome to the podcast, Elizabeth Gomez.
4: Ah <laughs> hi. Welcome. Welcome. <laughs> Welcome. Thank you for joining us. Thank you for having me. Honestly, I'm so excited to be here. I'm like super nervous right now. I'm sitting in my room with like uh some crystals on my legs to like calm my nerves down because I'm just like, oh my god, this is like such a big thing for me. So thank you for having me, like seriously.
3: Oh, I love that. Well, thank you. Do not be nervous at all. This is going to be super fun and light, and we're going to dive into some great topics. Uh, I'm curious, though, as to what crystals you have on your lap.
4: Honestly, my roommates just, like, brought them out to me because I was so nervous today, and they're like, girl, you're going to be great. You need to relax. Like, let me give you <laughs> They were, like, one of – I don't even know what they're called, like, what they actually are myself.
3: But mm-hmm. they told
4: me, like, one of them was, like – for clear communication. The other one is to like, release like nerves and stuff, so. I love that. I was like, well. Your roommates
1: yeah. are real ones for that. And we appreciate your roomies for that. And we're all about crystals. We love some crystal healing around here. Yes. yes. So Elizabeth, we have a lot to talk about today. And uh, we've been working on interviewing you for some time now, but on our end, scheduling is always a mess, so thank you for being so patient with us and for making the time to chat with us today. We have a lot to talk about. You've been working on a ton of amazing amazing art and projects and um, we wanted to talk to you first about your anniversary of coming to Los Angeles and moving to LA. And I was wondering about that journey and how you ended up moving to LA and what it's been like since you've been living here.
4: Yeah, So, um, honestly, like, I feel like LA has always, like, called to me. Like, I've been involved in filmmaking since I was, like, 13 years old. I'm from a super small town called Watsonville and like, the Central Coast. Um, so, any, like, film work is not really, like, I would not be able to really have my career over there. Um, but luckily, like, my high school had a program um, where they taught us, like, all of these different filmmaking, um, aspects. And that's what really got me interested in it. So a year, about a year after my graduation, um, I was like going through a really tough breakup. And like, I was just like not in a, I was like in a space over there where I was kind of like, I need to figure out something for myself and figure out what the next step for my personal life is going to be. And that's when I just decided randomly, um, I think it was like around January of like 2018 or something. I decided I was going to give myself a year um, or like six months, I think from January until August, because I was teaching in Sacramento that year. Um, So I was going to wait until the teaching year ended. And then um, I, I had planned to just like come to LA and that was last August. And then, um, I had a friend who's like a childhood friend and she ended up messaging me once, um, asking me if I was still planning on moving over here. So I told her I was, and she was like, well, do you have a roommate yet? Would you like, like, would, would you like me to be a roommate? And I was like, Oh my gosh, yes. Like I literally had no plans, like nothing. I just had decided to come like no matter how I got here. And so that ended up working out really nicely. Um, we ended up coming here last summer, like in June. And we literally had one weekend to look at apartments that we had like um, scheduled uh, viewings for. And we ended up finding one apartment where they didn't charge us for the application. So we're like, okay, fuck it. Let's apply. And we ended up applying and we got accepted. So we're like, okay, then that's our apartment. Like, let's just do it. And then a week later we moved to LA and we were here. So it kind of all just like fell into place somehow. And honestly, like, I'm not going to lie. It's been like the first few months. Like we're definitely a struggle. Like it was a struggle moving from NorCal to SoCal and like, I've never lived in South California or anything like that. So it was like interesting with the weather. I didn't know LA was (laughs) as hot as it is. And we got here like right in the middle of summertime. So that was very interesting because our place did not have AC. Like we were dying, (laughs) but Honestly, like it's been such a blessing. Um, as soon as I got here, I think two weeks into being in LA, I started getting production assisting jobs with um, this producer friend that I had. And from then on, it just kind of like kept picking up. And I kept working on like bigger and bigger projects. And a few months later, he ended up getting me a gig on a Chance the Rapper and the Baby project called um, Hot Shower. And that was kind of like my big break. That's where I met the the guys from Real Goats. And they really liked my work ethic when I was working with them there as a PA. Um, they ended up calling me for their company to work as a PA on a couple other projects. And then after a couple projects with them, they were like, hey, we really like um, how you work. We We really would like to have you on the team as a production coordinator. So that was like huge to me because... I don't know like i just went from like being a pa to like having this higher position and like this really big company i ended up helping them on this video called bop and i was a pa there and that video just like blew up um it's been nominated like it got nominated for a grammy it's it got nominated for like vmas and stuff so then after that video um we like the company has just been so great we've been lucky enough to work on like a bunch of videos for the baby. Um, We've started working with new artists now. Uh, Like we just finished and produced the newest video for Polo G called Martin and Gina. And that was really cool having like a new artist work with us. Um, And yeah, it was just really fun. And I felt really grateful that this group of guys just brought me in. And I like working with them because they are so, I don't know, they're just really inviting and as a female filmmaker you don't really get that feeling a lot of times working here because a lot of times you're working on crews with like mostly men and they don't take female like female filmmakers as serious as they should and this company has like they really do take me into account they like ask for my opinion on things like i really feel like i'm part of the team and. Yeah, so I felt really lucky with that.
3: That's amazing. So congrats on your anniversary of being in L.A. And definitely we have our heat waves. You know, everyone thinks it's like sun and fun. And yeah, that's part of it. But it gets really hot out here. Um, But secondly, you know, I'm glad that you brought up being a woman in film and giving us some context and background on working with real goats. So I would love to hear more about your experience as being a woman in film, and what that has been like for you to break into the industry.
4: Yeah, so I feel like I've honestly been really lucky with how I've been able to break in. Like I said, I ended I was like lucky enough to get a, a jobs in my field, like literally a couple weeks after being here which is not usually the case when people move to the city right away. So being able to find producers and find like male filmmakers who do want to invite other types of people, like people of color and women and like queer people into their groups has been super cool. Like I'm really glad I got to meet those people because obviously I have worked with other companies where it wasn't, the same feeling. And I've disclosed this to my production company that I work with now. And I've told the guys so many times, like, thank you guys for being who you are. Like, thank you for always making me feel like part of the group. Thank you for like, listening to my opinions, listening to my concerns, whenever I have something to say, like, they don't just push me to the side, they're super inviting. Um, That's not the case. in a lot of companies, Uh, I feel like especially in the city. This industry is ran mostly by men, mostly by white men. Um, So being a woman, being a woman of color, being an undocumented woman of color, you know, like that is. It's hard to like find a company that is as open as the one that I'm in right now. And I think that that's something that this industry really needs to work on and focus on making better is being more inviting to different groups of people um giving us a chance to show what we can do because like if these guys hadn't seen my work ethic and like like noticed that I was like working my ass off and uh like trying as hard if not harder than the guys who are also doing the same jobs as me like I wouldn't have gotten the position that I'm in right now and other companies and other men who have these higher positions in this industry need to start looking at that, like they need to start looking at people for merit and not just for who they are, like physically.
1: Thank you for bringing up that perspective, Elizabeth. And you did share with us, you know, even before we got into the interview process, just setting up this interview, you know, your status as an undocumented mujer and what that means to you. And we want to talk more about that, because I feel like it probably plays a role and has an impact Not only in your production work, but like in the writing of your book, Chaos Cosmos, you mentioned elections and, and even Prop 22. So we want to get into all of those things, get the perspective on each of those. And I did want to ask about the book and you mentioned your publisher, Alexa, who helped you to put, helped you to put the book together, Chaos Cosmos and the folks who have purchased the book, who have supported and the response to it. What has the response been like and what was the process of getting yourself published?
4: Um, honestly, the response has been so heartwarming. Like, just a couple of weeks ago, I got a message from this girl. And that's my favorite part, honestly, it's like, when people finish the book, or when people find a, a chapter or a poem within the book, that just really touches them. And they end up like DMing me or something. I love receiving those DMs, because it just makes me feel like, uh, like, I'm not just writing something for myself, you know, and going into this book, like, and being the kind of writer that I am, I do write for myself. Like, that's how I release the emotions that I have. That's how I put my feelings into words. Like, I never go into it thinking, like, oh, I hope this poem gets all these, like, rave reviews or whatever, you know, or, like, all these likes or anything like that. I feel like I mostly, I will write something depending on how I'm feeling, depending on, like, just what I need to say for myself. And the fact that people like can connect to that is just like an added bonus to me and receiving those messages from people, um, like thanking me for a certain thing or telling me like stories about themselves that made them, uh, that, that, it, the the book made them think of just like, I don't know, like that's something that I never expected to receive. And it really warms my heart. Like, I don't know, that's. That's definitely my favorite part. A couple of uh, weeks ago, I received a message from someone and they just were like so congratulating. Um, they kind of told me the story about um, how their family was going through a hard time and the fact that they were able to or like willing to share something so personal about their families with me, even though like I don't even know them. Um, that was really like, wow, I never, I don't know, I never thought that I would create these connections with people that I've never even met, you know, because of my words. So that's been really great. And then regarding like the process, um, the process was kind of long. I started writing the book itself. It's a collection of poems that were kind of old, and then some that really just came right after my last breakup after that relationship, I was like in a pretty deep place. And writing was like, literally my escape. I was writing maybe like three or four poems a day, because I just like there was just so many like, thoughts and words in my head that I just had to get out. And once I realized, like, oh, my God, you're actually writing a lot, like you have a lot of stuff right now. People were asking me if I ever thought because I was just kind of posting on my Instagram. And then I started getting like DMs and stuff asking like, Oh, are you? like will you ever write a book and I hadn't really thought about that and then finally last like earlier last year um I started getting more serious about it and I started doing a manuscript and I kind of just did it on like my google docs and started looking at like my different pieces I started thinking about like okay what kind of story do I want to tell and based on like the poems that I had found I was like okay like I know that the story is going to be personal and I knew that I was going to tell the story about love because obviously most of my poetry was regarding love and like that relationship and a couple other relationships. Um, but I knew that I didn't want it to be like a sad love story. I didn't want people to leave with it just feeling like something ended. So I kind of did like these chapters within it. Uh, it starts off with a chapter called um, the loving and the poems in that chapter kind of just talk about the beginning stages of a relationship, uh, those moments where you're like super happy, like the honeymoon kind of phase. And then it goes into the heartache and those poems talk about when a relationship starts failing and why it's failing and the different ways that a relationship can fail. And then it goes into the nostalgia. And to me, like I'm a cancer rising. (laughs) So I'm very nostalgic. Like I feel like a lot of times I live in the past and that's something that I'm trying to like grow from and do better at because I know that it's not so healthy to always be living in the past. Um, So this chapter was really important to me because I feel like when I was going through my breakup, a lot of the reasons why I stayed stuck within those feelings of like sadness after my breakup was because I just kept thinking about the past and like the good times and like all these nostalgic like moments and it just kept bringing up these like poems so I knew that I needed to add a chapter that like gave those feelings to my readers because I know that a lot of us do feel that way after a breakup you know like we do start thinking about oh my god what if this what if that like what if we had done this instead and would we still be together so I wanted to incorporate that in there and then the last chapter is called The Healing and that chapter was the most important to me because I was, as I was like dealing with this breakup, I started going to therapy. I started like really focusing on healing myself for myself. And I had told myself that I was going to give myself a year with no dating. Like, I wasn't going to talk to anybody, I wasn't going to hook up with anybody. Like, I just needed a year to really relearn myself because with this relationship, I had just completely lost who I was. I didn't know what I wanted anymore. I didn't know who I wanted to be anymore. Um, I felt like I had just given so much to this person and so much to this relationship that I had completely emptied myself out. And so having a chapter like this, where I started talking about my, my therapy and like what my therapist was teaching me. And I started talking about like the good things that were happening in my life that I was happy for, even though I was still sad for this breakup, like there was still happiness, there were still like, new things coming to me. And that's something that I never really like, I don't know, thought would happen. So after a while, like, I just felt really proud that I started allowing myself to be happy, and to start healing through all this sadness and all this chaos that was going on. Um, so then I ended up meeting, uh, Alexa through another poet from Sacramento. His name is Freeman Nat. And she was super awesome. Um, she helped me through like every step of the way. She knew that Amazon, I know Amazon sucks. So honestly, I don't love that my book is produced or published through Amazon publishing, but, um, it was at the time a really like helpful tool. And Alexa was like totally, um, knowledgeable about how that worked because she had done other stuff for other people regarding that um so she walked me through the whole amazon publishing process she put the book physically together and like did like the whole manuscript and like the the publishing software and then finally i released the book um last october so it's almost going to be a year of being a freaking author and honestly like since then i feel like i finally felt like I had done something that I was proud of for myself because this book had literally been, I don't know, like my safe haven. Like this book literally saved me from that negative, negative relationship and negative, negative time that I was dealing with.
3: Thank you so much for sharing all of that and about your journey of publishing with Amazon. Um, So you mentioned that your book anniversary is coming up. What's next for the book? What's next for you as an author and a writer?
4: Um, So I do plan to make this uh, like a trilogy kind of series. Um, I want to release two more books. I'm thinking about waiting until next year, though, for the next one, because of everything that's going on right now. Uh, I really want to, like, take my time focus on like what the next story is gonna be. Um, I really wanted to kind of focus on, like this one was kind of a self uh, story. Like it was a story about love, a story about like, re- like romantic kind of relationships. I want my next one to be more related to like interrelationships. So I want to include like stories regarding more so my culture, talk about like other women in my life and like their stories and bring them in somehow. So hopefully that goes well. I do also, am planning on creating my own website so that I can have people uh, purchase a book through that. I have been selling the books mostly through myself, uh, promoting myself on like my Instagram or my Twitter and stuff. Um, And people can purchase the book by sending the payment to my Venmo or Cash App or Zelle. I'm doing everything myself. So sometimes if people have purchased and it's like lagged, I'm so sorry. It takes a while for me to like do this thing sometimes because I'm still working. I'm still doing other stuff. But I really want to have my own website so that it, it creates an easier process for people to purchase. Um, so I'm working on that. Hopefully, I can have that done by um, November or December. And I want to add merchandise to the website regarding the book. So I would really like to have stickers. I'd really like to have uh, clothing, like shirts, sweaters, that have, like, the book cover, um, just to kind of, I don't know, do, like, more personalized stuff to, so that people kind of get my brand, you know? That's really exciting. Um, Where where else can folks find your work and
1: engage with you and support everything that you're working on, not just the writing, but also the, the production and the film work?
4: Um, so definitely follow my Instagram. I feel like that's where I post the most regarding like my, both of my jobs. Um, uh, so follow my Instagram. It's Bella's Gomez. My Twitter is the same handle. That's where you can find my poetry. You can find old poems. You can find new poems whenever I get creative or something. Uh, I post stuff on there right away. Um, that's where I've been posting clips of like the videos that we've been producing, Um, and that's why I want to create my own website because I don't want it to just be about the book. I want my website to also focus on my film career, um, so that people can see like my photography and my, like, once I start putting up my short films, I want people to be able to see that and hopefully get more involved in communities that are related to filmmaking and writing here in LA. Fabulous. Liz,
1: you also mentioned, you know, before the interview, you asked, um, you know, that we talk about the elections, the presidential elections are coming up. It's wild times. We're in the middle of a pandemic. We're in heat waves. California is on fire. There are so many things going on. And something that you asked to talk about is. Elections as an undocumented woman. And so I'm really curious about your perspective. And basically, what is your message to our listeners about elections?
4: Yes, the elections are coming up. I've literally always, always, always been super adamant, adamant for people to vote. As an undocumented woman, I feel so defeated sometimes because I don't have that privilege of voting. And yes, voting is a freaking privilege. Like the fact that a lot of people, and I have friends included in this, that like have told me I've never voted. It's so disheartening to me. And like, I get so disappointed when people tell me that because I'm just like, ugh, like you have this like really great thing that just literally was handed to you because you were born in this country and you're not using that to your advantage, like, you're not seeing how necessary it is for you to use your voice in the best way that you can, like, they try to shut us up in so many ways that it, like, hurts my soul, literally, that, like, people shut themselves up by not voting, like, that's the way that we can be the loudest, you know, and they don't do that, and it's, yeah, it's very sad to me that people just don't realize how important it is. So as an undocumented woman, please vote. Please tell your family to vote. Please tell your friends to vote. If you don't know who to vote for, ask questions. You can ask questions to your undocumented friends. If you don't have an idea about what you want to do, but you're you're worried or you care about your queer friends, your undocumented friends, your female friends, like anybody that can be hurt by the by what these elections can bring, you know, uh, ask them, like, have you seen any prop that like could help you? Have you like, do you support any sort of candidate? Because I'm confused. Like, I don't know who to support. What is something that you like about this person or what is something that you don't like about this person? Like, just ask questions, please. Like research, do your research, educate yourselves about your candidates, educate yourselves about the people in your community that are running, uh, like the smaller elections, Because all of those things are going to help or hurt hurt us, you know? And we literally cannot allow four more years of this hateful man in office. Like, I've been living this last four years just afraid, literally. Like, there has not been a month where I haven't been afraid. I don't know. I hope that this next election brings some sort of hope. It brings healing to this country because we definitely need that and it gets rid of this man like just let's please please don't write in any stupid things please don't write in kanye west please don't write in bernie sanders because he's no longer on the ballot please just do the right thing be smart if we don't like these people that get voted in in four years we can vote them out and hopefully we'll have better more equipped candidates because i know that not everybody loves the candidates on either side with what's going on but we have to think about competence we have to think about others not just ourselves especially if it's something like if you feel like oh it doesn't really affect me who wins then think about the people who it is going to affect they're the people who matter if you really have a good heart if you really have a good head on your shoulders you're going to want to save this country literally we need to save this country
2: Elizabeth Gomez, thank you so much for coming on to Locatora Radio today and dropping all of this knowledge for sharing your perspective. Make sure that you check out Elizabeth's work on Instagram and on Twitter, like she said, she's at the Liz Gomez, pick up her book, Chaos Cosmos, and remember to vote this election season if you have the absolute privilege of doing so. And like Elizabeth said, don't just vote for the presidential candidate. Don't just vote for the office of president, but look into the propositions that are on the ballot this year, because those propositions not only impact workers, but also consumers. So either way you shake it, it's important that we're informed and that we know what's on the ballot and what we're voting for. As always, you can catch up with Locatora Radio on Instagram and on Twitter, as well as Facebook. Follow us at locatora underscore radio. Like, subscribe, comment. Share. These things are super helpful for indie podcasters like us. If you have not tuned in to our last episode, Capitulo 89 with Mayra Macias of Latino Victory, tune in to learn more about Latinas running for public office across the country. That's all for today. This is Capitulo 90. I can't even believe it.
3: Yes, thank you, Liz Gomez, for joining us. Thank you, Locamores, for tuning in to another episode of Locatora Radio. We are getting closer to the 100th episode and we will catch you next time.
0: Nice Besitos. Mommies
3: of myth and bullshit. A radiophonic novella, Locatora Radio, hosted
2: by Mala Muñoz and Dios Being a chef means keeping your cool in the kitchen. And with Resi Priority Notify and Global Dining Access through my Amex Platinum card, right this way, it's nice to try someone else's food for a change. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with
3: Amex. There are a lot of things that matter to me. Family, community, culture, and peace of mind. Hi, it's Wilmer Valderrama, and when balancing life... I have to say, nothing brings more comfort than having support. And when it comes to ensuring those things that matter to you the most, State Farm offers the support with an agent available in person or on the phone to discuss your coverage options. Support when you need it, however you choose. That's State Farm's way. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there.
0: This message comes from Viking, committed to exploring the world in comfort. Journey through the heart of Europe on an elegant Viking longship with thoughtful service, destination focused dining, and cultural enrichment on board and on shore. And every Viking voyage is all inclusive with no children and no casinos. Discover more at Viking.com.
1: Hey guys, back at the playground again, huh? Yep. You know what this playground could use? A wine country. Heck yeah.
0: And some waves. So we could go surfing.
2: Oh, my God. <laughs> ah, love that. A redwood forest would be cool.
0: I'm in. Ah, ski slopes. Let's do it. Um, tenor girl go shopping. Yeah, baby. Wait. Did we just invent California? Discover why California is the ultimate playground at visitcalifornia.com. Without the ones like you who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop.